get it. Welcome to Bourbon and Butter MMA, motherfuckers. Man, it's been a long time since I've been here talking with all of y'all back here with the OG group. Too bad we missing fool out here. I think you're having a little, little tummy egg, a little too much Taco Bell or something. But we back in business, baby. We have a good interview today. We're about to speak with Miranda Maverick. She's a savage, savage in the UFC. She's a great contender, man. We're having a lot of fun with this. She's from Missouri. We're Nux, you know. You know how we feel about Missouri. And she's yeah, out of baby. the VA. So we so so we ready for this, man. It's gonna be a fun one. Introduce yourself, boys. Yo, what's up? It's uh sorry, I Max don't mean to interrupt you here. <laughs> what's up, everybody? It's Knuckles. I'm just excited. Man, it's been a while since we've had a UFC fighter that we're interviewing, so I'm pumped. And the fact that she's from Missouri just makes it that much sweeter, you know. The, the you know I just I'm just fucking pumped, dude. I love my Missouri fighters. I love regional, you know, regional UFC, all of them. Just got to give some love to Missouri. So I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little pumped for it. So let's fucking go, Max. Go ahead, brother. Hell yeah, we got uh, Miranda Maverick coming on tonight. We appreciate her time, uh, giving us a little bit of her time out of her day. She's a well-known UFC fighter. Uh, giving some time for uh, for a smaller podcast, so we appreciate her as always. We appreciate anybody that hops on a podcast with us. We appreciate anybody who listens, uh, whether you listen to Apple Pod, uh, Spotify, or watch on YouTube. We appreciate you, and uh, don't forget to leave a like, comment, uh, subscribe if you can. Just just tell anybody you know that likes MMA about us. We appreciate it. Everybody that's given us all the love that we've gotten this year, it's been uh, felt. It's been amazing. So we appreciate you guys, and uh, we're excited to have her on tonight. And don't forget, we're going to be doing some uh, some fan questions, um, some listener questions, I should call it, uh, tonight. So that'll be exciting. So every day I spend my time drinking wine, feeling fine, waiting here to find the sign that I can understand. Yes, I am. So every day I spend my time drinking wine. Hello. Hey, hey what's how's up? it going? Good. All right. Get you guys instead of like one person at a time. There we go. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's yeah, it's easier that way. It's just like wiping through everyone one at a time. Right. I was like, no. No, I know that's what that's what I was getting into right when I got on here because this is actually my my first time being back on the pod and I think like four or five episodes just because I've been mm-hmm. so busy. Um, but I mean, hey, I can't even imagine how busy you are with the pickle business going on. How's how how's that going? I'd say I have been busy, busy, just like any small business. It's like been all hours of the night and everything, just trying to like keep up with the initial orders now it's finally slowed down you know after i kind of announced it and like most of the fans bought basically and now it's just like every once in a while somebody sees it goes and buys some so i've just been like pickle badges pickle badges like it's insane honestly like how much work it takes for any small business right but it's like having to cut the cucumbers having to let them ferment having to mix all this stuff up for the brine like everything that goes into it and of course everybody's giving me shit at the gym everybody's just like a pickle business really i thought that meant something else or her and i'm like wow you guys are so funny like so it's been good though it's it's really random i know but uh it's a skill from when i was young and it's one of those things you know everybody eats 
That, nah, you're damn right. That's fair. We were actually fair. just talking about that here because these two guys, Max and Knuckles, they're obsessed with pickles. They were telling oh, yeah. me, which I didn't <laughs> I'm know. I'm a pickle guy. So they could, they could, they could tell you about their pickle love real quick. Oh man, I, I, was say, <laughs> I, I used to make we used to make our own pickles in high school. So yeah, I, I like I love pickles, man. I love. Yeah. Uh, I got a guy that hooks me up with some habanero pickles too. God, they're good. Yeah, I love pickles. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the spicy is made out of is habanero and uh, oh. fresno. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I, I do love me some fresno chili. You guys should get a set of them and just try like the pints so you can sample the different flavors and stuff. Okay. I'm down for sure. For sure. I love I'm pickles. Down. I'm down. <laughs> yeah, me and my dad, we, we make uh, we make <laughs> some uh, we make pickles as well. We make pickled okra too. Love it, love it for sure. Oh, had a lot of people in Colorado Springs area. There's wild okra that grows that you can go get, and wild asparagus. And they're like, yeah, you should go down here and go get it. And I'm like, that's a little much for me. I'm just going to stay back here and get my right. That was illegal. <laughs> so, so speaking of uh, speaking of Colorado, how, how different is it going from uh, – I know, I know you've trained in Virginia too, but how different is it going from Missouri to uh, Colorado? Because I'm actually from Missouri too. So it's a, okay. it's a, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty big change. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting ready to head back there actually Friday to go spend Christmas with the family for a couple of days and then head back. But because Virginia was in the middle, it was even more of a big change, you know, especially weather wise. So from Missouri, grew up there pretty much, I don't know, like from 12, I'm trying to remember like 14 to, you know, my early 20s, maybe not even early 20s. I was 20 when I um to Virginia for grad school. And so I was out there a few years and then coming back to Colorado. So I had to get back used to the cold, but then there's also the dry cold. So honestly, it always mm. felt colder in Missouri. I was really worried oh, about yeah. coming to Colorado. <laughs> oh, Colorado's freezing. And it's like, no, there's just more snow. And Missouri is way colder as far as oh. like how it feels still in the air, you know? And and, and it's huge difference. Like nobody understands because like growing up, I was outside every single day, every hour mm. of the day working on the ranch. And it's a big difference when you can just sit inside and run to your car and be cold for 20 minutes. Oh, definitely. I I feel that I'm from North Missouri. So like, it's like, we've got, the, it's the barren wasteland up there. You know that. So uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's, so I can feel it. Cause I've been to, uh, I've been to like Colorado and other States in the winter time too. So like, yeah, it's, it is just such a massive difference. Like I can't even imagine. It's beautiful, but, though. It's beautiful yeah. out here. I do. I, I love the looks of it. Uh, it's becoming more and more like California every day, so I don't know how I feel like about that. But uh, politics is getting worse, but beauty it stays the same. And back in Missouri, we live near the lake, so there's a lot of like rolling hills and stuff. So it's really pretty where we live oh, there yeah. too. I live in Northern Virginia. Where uh, you were training down in in Norfolk area? Yeah, Norfolk and Virginia Beach. Dang, how'd you like Virginia Beach? Um, it, it's very different from 20 miles away in Norfolk. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn right. That's a whole different group of people you'll see in those 20 miles. Yeah, it was very like, so I lived in a part of Norfolk for a while. It was very ghetto, like literally go over one street. And if I was a white yeah. girl walking, right. But um, in Virginia Beach, you know, it's pretty touristy, the whole beach vibe and everything which is pretty nice so it was nice getting out there but as busy as I was with grad school and a full-time job and fighting um, I barely ever even got to the beach in the three years I lived there and do you ever uh, visit Virginia still or no there's no reason to come back here 
<laughs> yeah, I actually go about twice a year uh, just to teach seminars and stuff, honestly. Of course, I'll visit friends while I'm out there, too. But usually I do like a whole East Coast trip, like from Pennsylvania down, where I just try to teach seminars at different places. I actually have taught a couple up in Luray and like the, the Richmond area. So I've done a couple out right there on. and I'll keep doing. Yeah, I've got a lot of connections out there as a result of me training and cross training everywhere. Awesome. That's awesome. I, uh, I, I pro I've been following you on on Instagram for for a long time now. And then I remember uh I saw that you were married like a like like years ago. Does he train as well or or no? So it's kind of a funny story. He started doing jujitsu, hurt his back during lifting because he's a big lifter. Like if you've seen him, he's all bodybuilder. Oh no, you guys you guys are jacked. Both of you are jacked. Yeah. I say I see you. He lives for bodybuilding, but doesn't like compete or anything, but looks like it. And uh, he tried jujitsu, ended up hurting his back during lifting. So got out yeah. of it for a now because he would rather lift and stuff. Right. But uh, he's actually going to go back to jujitsu starting Ju uh, January 1st. So I'm excited about that. He'll be one of those New Year's resolutions people. But I told him he's not allowed to quit. So uh, we'll <laughs> see. It's just like I want him to know jujitsu as a base just because like our kids we've already agreed are going into jujitsu, even if it's just me teaching yeah. at home, like they're going to learn it for self-defense. They're going to get good enough that, you know, they can defend themselves against the average person out there on the street. And, you know, even if they don't like it, that's going to be one of the non-negotiables. So I don't want our 12 year old son beating <laughs> him up Sunday. <laughs> no. Yeah. hundred. I agree with that. And that's what I tell my lady as well. I'm like, when I have kids, I want them on the mats, wrestling, jujitsu. Yeah. That's that's what I need them to do. You know, get get a really long. Uh, I mean, get a really strong base. And wrestling builds are some crazy discipline. So, I agree with that, and I hope he agrees too, because that's a great idea. <laughs> he does. He does. So that's the that's the plan. And actually, like my siblings too, especially my brother, he's back home as well in Missouri. And when they have kids, he's like, you're going to come home and you're going to teach, right? You're going to, you're going to just have a whole gym. We're going to have a whole like bunch of grandkids in my dad's like shed tower area and just like be on the rolling every day. Maverick and you know, my dad, gym. there you go. Yeah. My dad's the one that started with me. That's how I got into jujitsu in the first place is uh, we had somebody in our family who had something bad happen to them when they were young. And my dad was basically like, that shit's not going to happen to my kids, mm -hmm. you know? And so I uh, started teaching us at a very young age and it wasn't just like rolling around, you know, we'd literally watch the UFC, pause it, forward it really slow, watch YouTubes. And we'd be trying to learn different chokes and things to where, you know, we grew up tough. I wasn't one of those kids that uh, fell off a playground and started crying, you know, <laughs> like it was, yeah. it was a rough as far as like physical labor and stuff, but I love it. I wouldn't change a thing about it. And I remember my dad would almost get in trouble by like services all the time or people would be like, keep working those kids too hard. And we'd be out there like picking up rocks or pounding posts. And it'd be like me and nine <laughs> and my brother and four, five, like carrying T posts, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of, yeah, sorry, you talked about uh, plans. You talked about you talking about planning and stuff like that. So, speaking of planning, future stuff. Uh, uh, how how are we feeling about this fight going forward with Andrew Lee? Oh, I'm very excited about it. You know, I've been trying to. I shouldn't say trying, but I've been having this fight on my radar for. You know, Andrea has been kind of right ahead of me in the process of careers. She was in Invicta when I got in Invicta. Soon after, gotten 
the UFC while I was working my way up in Invicta. She stayed in the rankings, you know, now for a long time. Like she's been ranked for a long time. And even her losses are against really, really good people, you know. So going into her record and being like, well, she has a lot of losses. It's like, yes, but they're against really good people. A couple of them, I think, were robberies anyway. So it's kind of hard to judge her on that. But I see her being a pretty good striker. You know, she has that long Taekwondo kind of style with her kicks. Um, she uses her range very well. Has a little rough time on the ground when she gets on bottom. But lately, she's been working on her wrestling and grappling a lot. And I can tell that. Um, we've trained a couple times in the past out at the UFC Performance Institute a couple years back. And we've always been, like, friendly. But enough, not enough to where I'm like, all right, let's 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 fight, you know, anytime, all the time. So I've tried to fight her like three separate times and every time it ends up being a different opponent. So I'm glad this time I finally just texted her and I was like, hey, like, let's start promoting this on both sides and mm -hmm. let's make this happen. And we posted about it a couple, I guess, about three months ago now and it took forever, but it's finally scheduled February 17th. I wish it would have been sooner. I hate only fighting twice in a year. You know, I've been staying ready for yeah. so long and it's staying lean, training hard every day on the anticipation yeah. of, hey, am I might on a five-day notice like be ready and i mean oh, and that's yeah. and that's the thing too uh sorry max a little <laughs> i know you want to Not good, I, the, one thing i wanted to say though was uh you mentioned her close losses and people that she's fought in tough competition i mean your schedule though like uh i mean you, aaron blanchfield uh and and macy barber i know those were, were tough fights but man like that i mean robbery <laughs> on the macy barber one i mean honestly for sure but like i it's yeah, she's faced tough competition, but like you faced, in my opinion, two of the best fighters in the division. You know. Yeah, and that's right funny. There. You know, people reach out and they're like, "Well, she's the more experienced fighter," and I'm like, "We literally have like within two or three of the same amount of fights, <laughs> yeah, right?" Yeah. Well, my record is twelve and five, and I'm like, "It's fourteen and five is what the UFC says and what I'm sticking with." You know, I that's have right. the three fights. And it's like, if you're really not going to count those as wins, but you're going to count them on losses or the final one is a loss on Deanna Bennett's record, I think that's absolute bullshit. Um, so I would consider each one a loss or a win that happened. And I consider it 14 wins versus five losses. And I've only had a couple less fights than her, you know, and I'm what, eight years younger than her, seven years younger than her, something yeah. like that. Um, and to just go in there and use the speed, use strength. I think I'm definitely stronger than her, more physical than her, and I plan on just being dominant in this fight. Something we've been working on, well, a few things we've been working on, of course, but I've been working on my wrestling ever since the Aaron Blanchfield fight. Um, my Jasmine fight didn't show that too well, but I also ended up hurting my eye in round two and fought the rest of the time like a chicken shit, basically, and uh, wish I could go back in time with that, but I thought I had torn my retina again. That was a very scary situation. Um, so since that fight, even we've been working on like the level changes, you know, not, me not letting them see what the next move is. You don't know if I'm going to take you down, kick you in the head or punch you in the head, you know? So that's the goal there. And then with Andrea, especially it's just fast movement and not being a bully all the time. You know, I'm bad about being like, I'm coming forward. And it's like, I need to work on and getting a little bit better at, uh, setting back a little bit. A lot of people are good points fighters. And I will say in the past, I have not been good as a point fighter, whether it's in jujitsu or MMA. So working on fighting a little smarter instead of being so aggressive, even if that's the entertainment side of it. Yeah. Um, fair enough. One thing I noticed too, with, with your career in the UFC, I mean, you've got some, you know, notable wins, especially against like Jillian Robertson. I mean, that win has aged tremendously um liana 
Jojo, I think her last name is. Uh, I mean, she is obviously not in UFC anymore, but she was a highly touted prospect at the time, and and you cut her up so bad that they they wouldn't let her continue. That was a nasty cut. Um, one of uh, we, we put out a Twitter a Twitter thing uh, asking you know questions from fans and and whatnot. One of the questions was if there was a rematch that you could go back and have um, like amateur or pro. What do you think that would be, and I, I guess why? I think that if was pretty obvious, right? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I already know. Again, that robbery bag. I hope it happens soon. You know, I wish I could call her out next time, but I already know they're not going to give it to me. So there's not even any point. Um, but once we both get super high up in the rankings and they can't really deny it, I plan on fighting her again and whooping her ass and making it undeniable. But um, aside from Macy, it is, I actually have a funny story with that. So my three fights in that tournament that I had in Invicta were against Victoria Leonardo, Shanna Young, and Deanna Bennett. And I ended up having rematches against all three of those girls. And they're the only time I've ever had rematches. So very ironic. I fought Deanna Bennett before that tournament and lost to her um, via decision and ended up beating her in the finals, which I was so happy about because it was three round fight instead of it being like one round and people being able to be like, oh, well, if it would have lasted three rounds, you know, and I ended up finishing her too, which was the first time she'd ever been finished in a fight. And then the Victoria Leonardo one, I had already finished her in round one. We ended up having one round fight. And then I finished Shanna Young in my second round of the tournament and then um, ended up fighting her again, of course. So that was nice too. So as far as rematches that I wish I could get back, it's the uh, Macy Barber one and the one loss I had as an amateur, I kind of am still salty about because it was one of those ones in Denver, here in Denver. <laughs> I came from Missouri against this hometown girl in Denver. I remember not believing in the whole elevation thing, right? I was like, this altitude stuff, I'm just going to run sprints, <laughs> hills, like we at my house that I'd run up and run back down. And I was like, I am ready. I'm cardio queen over here. And then I got to Colorado in the second round, you know, they're only three minute, three minute rounds as an amateur. And I was just like, it's different. It's different. But if I would have been in Missouri, they would have voted it for me. It was still a split decision. And we were in her hometown. And I remember on the mic, she was like, this is my stepping stone to pro. I beat the highest touted Midwest girl. And now I'm going to go pro and then never fought again. She literally like got in a van and her and her husband like went, they travel the world now. He like got some settlement or something and all they do is travel the world. And I'm like, insulted. I want to fight you. (laughs) See you on the street. Uh, Another, another question from one of our Twitter users. Uh, This one comes from Mikey D. Uh, Who do you think is the hardest fight besides yourself in the flyweight division? Hmm. I mean, I obviously think, I think Valentina, and mm. uh Aaron Blanchfield that's a fight that I want to see so badly I think mm. it would be an awesome fight to see. I think Aaron will be having that strap sometime very soon uh, I thought she was good when I fought her and I underestimated her grappling for sure like I had never shown as good as she had once she got to UFC which part of it is the opponent she faced you know you can't really tell when someone's really good when they just finish everybody because they they suck so bad you know so it was always hard to tell but after I fought her I was like no she is a really good grappler like I need to to work on this and I wasn't expecting it um but her striking sucked when I fought her then we see her like three four five later and I'm like whoa where'd that come from you know like 
gotten really good at her striking. And I think the first time that I saw that was in the Andrade fight. Like she really had some good footwork. She really had some good strikes. Was very durable in that fight. Um, I'm not going to give her as much credit as a lot of people do for that fight because Andrade was coming off of a sofa on like a 10 day notice. She was beach drinking and the next, you know, 10 days she's in there fighting and she has hard weight cuts, even getting 115. I don't even, I don't even know how she does that, but um, Aaron is very future Hall of Famer. Yeah. I want to see her against the best. Alexa actually best right now, I think is still Valentina. And I want to see Aaron fight her. Um, Alexa's very good. Don't get me wrong. I admire her. I think she's done great, but I do not think that she won that last fight. No, I, 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 I agree. Um, I, I agree. I, I think uh, we did a whole uh, podcast rewatching. Yeah, it was, I was say, it was did, pretty we intense. <laughs> yeah, we were we get, arguing we get, very we hard. Pretty, <laughs> yeah. We got fired up. Uh, so a question, <laughs> um, a question I have personally, actually, that you mentioned it, but it just, I don't know, I just kind of popped in my head. Is that you? You think that like. Uh, it's the physicality, like looking at the physique of certain fighters, it's very unassuming. Like Aaron Blanchfield, you look at her, and her physique is so much different than like somebody like Valentina, where she just looks so unassuming. Do you think people she underestimate like a fighter a going in? For yeah. sure, 100%. Oh, I did. Like that's where, like, me and my dad used to talk, and especially at lower levels, it's like she looks like a soccer mom. She looks like a normal girl, you know, and I'd yeah. go up and like, my things, I know this sounds super dorky, but like one of my things when I would weigh in is I'd like shake their hand by like grabbing a little bit behind their hand and like patting mm-hmm. their hand. I'm like, man, Mr. Tiny, you know, <laughs> and it's like I have bigger tendons. I have like, I guess, like thicker bones or whatever you want to say. And I was always like, wow, this girl's just like a freaking paperclip. I'm going to go in there and break her. And part of it's just like the mental aspect. And part of it is knowing my own physicality. And Erin was one of those people that she may not have been just strong, but like her grappling strength is insane. You know, she's one of those people that manipulates her weight so well, knew exactly where to put it all the time. So I commend her for that. I mean, she's, she's excellent at that grappling side of it. Awesome. Um, thank it's you. It's actually really nice to get like a, yeah. like an insight as well into, uh, into the game of Aaron Blanchfield, because a lot of people wouldn't be that honest with themselves as well, which is very admirable, and I love that about you. Um, a lot of people would just be like, "Oh no, I was just having a bad day that night, whatever, whatever." But no, I mean, you uh, you you acknowledge your skill set and everything like that, and man, that that speaks volumes about your character as a fighter. You know what I mean? And those are the kind of lessons that you take to get so much better in this, and and you're yeah. still so you know, we young. Got- you talk about going back to the drawing board. I remember after that fight, it was like eight grueling weeks of trying to murder me on the mats all the time. And I was just like, okay, I know I was on bottom and got stuck, but I'm about to die. <laughs> this shark tank me all, all the time, like where I'm on bottom and just fresh people coming mm. in. And if I don't get up, you know, within a certain time, my coach would be like, just hit her harder, I guess. She don't want to get up, just start hitting her harder. And I'd be like, please don't do that. <laughs> yeah kind of going off that um i know you said like (laughs) yeah you said like uh you know coming off physically off that loss what what you guys did physically uh one of the one of the uh the twitter users we had that uh you know chimed in um pig or pig heart i guess is his name but he he asked uh 
Uh, how do you recover like mentally on the mental side from a loss? Because I know that people say all the time that mental is, is one of the bigger, the bigger parts of MMA. And I'm sure it is, um, you know, going into a fight, coming off of a fight, all of it. Um, what do you think, uh, the biggest mental part of coming off of a loss is? Yeah. So they always say in fighting, you know, we have the highest highs and we have the lowest lows and, uh, social media doesn't help with that. I'll be honest. Um, when I lose, it feels like I failed at everything in life. You know, like this isn't just some side thing I do. This isn't something I do on the weekends for fun. Like it's my main source of income. It's one of those things that's not only a dream, but something that I work hours a day at every single day to get better, to be one of the best in the world. And to go in there, putting all your work on the line, all your money on the line, and then to lose in a 15 minute scenario is just really rough to get over. Right. Especially when you get beat up every round you know like other fights i've had and you were talking about alex about how like i acknowledge like i definitely acknowledge aaron's because other fights i've lost but it'll be like i lost a round another was close it was a split decision almost all my other losses have been split decisions right so they were close and i would go back to the drawing board and be like okay i see the mistake here and here and here where the aaron fight it was like i got so frustrated by round two of not even being able to get up basically and just defending like, yeah, I've, I've lasted long in there and I've been able to defend the submissions, all that. It's like I never had offense other than when we were standing. And it was so frustrating um, that when I got back, it was like, OK, I need to learn how to lose a first round and then get over it. You know, because that was where it was. It's like I lost the whole first round other than that first minute and a half or so. And then from then on, I was like, man, I'm so frustrated. I can't get up now. I'm scared to go to the ground with her. Now my striking is going to change as a result of it. Now everything's going to change. I'm going to get worse every round. And that's basically what happened, right? So instead, we got to the point where we just beat my butt, like literally put me in there with like one of the hardest small guys that we had. He'd whoop my ass in all of round one. And then we put some easier girls in or girls of my level into where I could then have more of a challenge, but beat them in those later rounds. And then we get to where I was worn out, tired, get my butt kicked again in a round, and then have to get back up and win. So a lot of it was just the mental um, hump, you know, of getting over that loss and getting back in there and getting ready to win again. Instead of, I lost a round, I guess I'm going to lose the whole fight. Because that was probably the first fight ever that I had lost the first round in. And I think it really messed with me and went on a downhill battle. It was like, you know, deer in headlights when I would go back in the corner. And that was not good. The other aspect of it is not seeing myself as just a fighter. You know, the whole identity thing that they talk about all the time nowadays. But to me, it's like, I'm not just a fighter. You know, like maybe social media people and stuff see it that way. But I'm a daughter. I'm a wife. I'm a sister. You know, I'm a Christian. Like I'm all these other things before I'm a fighter. And I had to kind of separate that and really focus my goals based around life instead of just this one chapter of my life. Fighting doesn't last forever. You know, like it's not going to last even 10 more years. Like I'm going to get old and then it won't become a become a thing anymore. So um, that reality finally kicked in, I think, when I lost against Aaron. That's that's I that I'm just going to say that was like really inspiring how you just I, I, I want to say that give you props for that because that was like really inspiring your outlook on the whole situation because i mean it's it's real it's real it's real so it's just it's and fighting is it's crazy how short of a career like life career to life like comparison fighting is i get so frustrated even talking to other fighters because it's disappointing where their mind's at a lot of times. Now, I'm not saying every fighter is the smartest person in the book to begin with, but 
a lot of fighters have no other plans in their life. They have nothing else going at all. Like they may have a whole family and stuff and they're there like scrounging for a couple grand on this fight or that fight. And even as a UFC fighter, like after the taxes, after the management, after the coaches, mm-hmm. we're not getting that much, right? Especially for going in there and almost dying every time that you go into a fight. Going to the hospital afterwards, we're out for months, depending, you know, what weight class and how the fight went. But it's a dangerous sport to only get paid what we do. And these fighters don't seem they don't seem to understand it could be over like like that, you know, and it's the fighters that have never had a bad injury or the fighters who just have nothing else going in life that they're just like, this is all I'm doing. I have blinders on. I have nothing else going. And they're like, well, I'll coach after I'm done with my career. I'm like, what happens if you tear up both your knees? What happens if you get a torn retina and you're blind for the rest of your life? Now what? You're like, well, yeah. uh, that's not going to happen. And I'm like, cool, because I've had both those things happen. And let me tell you, it makes you go, boom, light bulb. Like, maybe I shouldn't put everything in my life into this and be ready for something else, which is why I pursue so many other things, why I got my education in the first place. It's like, I don't know if I'll be able to pursue fighting to begin with. I didn't know how good I was going to be. And I'm going to have a good backdrop to go back on. I'm not going to be 35, 40 and have to start over in life as like a waitress and work my way up the work chain. Like what a miserable way to do it. And that's how a lot of people are. That's why a lot of them fight way, 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 way too long, too. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I mean, absolutely. Look, look. They smaller promotions and get paid a pretty penny, and they're like, "Well, I have to because I retired yeah. and I can't afford thing because I blew all my money on the fancy card to make social media look good." Right. I mean, I mean, look at look at a a good example of this past weekend. Uh, a fighter that. I mean, he probably could fight again, but I really prefer that he wouldn't. I know a lot of people probably call me crazy for saying that, but Bryce Mitchell, I, I legitimately, I just don't think mm. he should fight anymore. After after that That's knockout, I, I he should because he's got he's got a life, he's got a career, he's got well, a career in farming. I just like you said, there are things that happen in fighting that just could change your whole life. I thought you were going to say Tony Ferguson, and I was no. Gonna oh, Tony, yeah. Tony Ferguson is a good know. example, but man, Bryce Mitchell's knockout man, that scared me. I've seen uh, knockouts. Yeah, it's happened seen to knockouts. the best of them. But, that's but, yeah, that's the thing, man. That's the young. game, brother. You know what I mean? That's his yeah. first time being like, but, but it's, I mean, like it's, that. It's a good example, though. Like like she was saying, things happen. You know, if if he were to go on from you know. here and say, "I don't want to get knocked out," I mean, out he's like, already building. His he's got a farm again, so you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. But, I don't know if that's the best example. <laughs> I would. I thought you were gonna say Tony, and I was gonna. Agree, Tony's but. a better example. I'm just man. I'm scared for Bryce. Bryce is a good guy, man. You know. But, I, I'll say on but like Tony's still fighting some of the best, so it's kind of hard yeah, to say true. he looks crappy. He's losing like he's still gonna beat up like a third of that division on the lower end, right? They just <laughs> yeah. need to feed. Him. Oh yeah. Yeah, so, that's the uh, thing. I think they Tony. You know, like, he's still in there. He's just not the top, like, five right now, and he needs to quit acting like – or they need to quit in fights like he is. Yeah. And then Bryce, I really agree with your statement on that. I think he's got plenty of time left. Like, we all have shitty things happen to us. Mm-hmm. Like, knockouts, yeah, if you're a heavyweight and you've been starched 20 times and <laughs> got E or a boxer and been knocked yeah. out five times, probably you're up. Bob Sapp. But, like <laughs> – Bob Sapp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I don't think Bryce is yet. And, you know, farming, I don't know what kind of farm he has or how much, but that does not make a living until you get it really high up there. Especially yeah, that's fair. I think he's got a few head of cattle and he's building a couple of I, I think I grew he's up still on, on the come up. 
But, I grew uh, up on a farm. Yeah. I grew up on a farm, and it's you're scrounging. I feel yeah. okay. I get man. I just man. Yeah. I love Bryce. I love Bryce. That was my. I don't I'd think. Like, I don't think we need to go that far yet with Bryce. I think he just needs <laughs> to go right. to a. I think he needs to go to a elite. A real gym. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to stop training yeah, at his house. Where at? You know that that whole area doesn't really have that good of gyms. I lived in Arkansas no. for quite a while. I lived there. In like the Fort Smith area, the town was called Waldron when I was young. Like uh, I did like middle school and a year of high school there. Um, and I literally talked to my dad. We moved around a ton as a kid. Um, if you guys don't know my history, like everybody thinks I'm from a military family because I've lived in like nine different states, traveled around a lot. I went to 13 different schools. Like it was insane because we would buy or my dad would buy rural land, clean it up, sell it again, move to the next one. And that's mm. what he did for like a living. And when we were in Arkansas, it was a beautiful place on a river called the Fouchelefay River and stuff. Gorgeous place, but it didn't make enough income. And the people there were just like trashy. And I basically was like, I can't make an income here, dad. Like, I'm not going to go to college in Arkansas. And even after that, I don't really want to have a job here. Like, I want to live somewhere else and I want to be close to home. So we all kind of talked as a family and Missouri is the place that we decided. And so that's kind of where the family base is. But it's very hard to find a gym, even where I was in Missouri. Like now it's bigger (laughs) and better. If you guys are familiar with Springfield Fight Club, now there's, let's see, I think there's five of us that have either gotten into the UFC or trained there at some point in the UFC. And now they've got a whole fight team. When I started there, I was one, the only female. And then on top of that, there was me and a 205er there that fought. No one else. Fight team of like 30 guys. It's insane. And I'm like, cool. And there's a couple of them that are pretty good. You know, there's Marshall Kemp that trains there and there's a Dalen. I can't remember his last name, um, but he's doing good in that area too. But I mean, they've finally grown, but you can't grow in a tiny place, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's hard. It's, I, I feel you there. The, my, my closest, I guess, like big MMA gym um, used to be glory MMA. Obviously we know what happened there, um, but I'm, I'm uh, hopefully I'm, I got to get into contact with, huh? Well, now you have Trey Ogden and them out there. Uh, they have an awesome yeah, gym so- going on there. Park. So that's where I go and train when I'm in Missouri. Is that the is that the one that Tim Elliott trains at? Uh, I don't think so. No. Okay. So t- the one I'm going to soon, I'm going to go to Tim Elliott's gym and can't uh, least summit. I believe I'm supposed to be meeting him and talking oh, with him. Sure. But that's where Zach Cummings on. He just changed the name of it. It used to be Glory Gym yeah. Association with Crap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to that one soon. That's the close because I live. Like I'm in like North, North Missouri. So it's, I'm pretty far. Like I'm like, I'm like almost six hours from Springfield. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty far up, but, uh, right. uh um, I know we got to be wrapping this up. Cause I know uh, you got to be getting on. So, um, Max, I think you're muted brother. You're you talking about the, I saw like Trey Ogden's associated with like uh marathon. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Jim is Marathon MMA. Thank you. I actually yeah, forgot yeah, the name yeah, of it. That's Marathon. where Mike Breeden. Okay. Out of there. Um, and Garrett Armfield is actually one of them that started at Springfield Fight Club with me. Or not started. He technically moved there when he was a teenager. But he got big there, started pro there. Um, and we're really good friends because we were always main training partners. He's a 135er. Um, so he was a little bit smaller, especially when he was younger. And now he trains out there at Marathon. And so every time I'm in the area, I get out there and train. They have a ton of small guys, a lot of them very high level. So it's really awesome for me to get rounds out there. And I know a few girls have moved in there 
recently to fight. So it's a good gym. They're really growing. And I think they took a lot of the, I guess you'd say leftovers from uh, Krause's gym. So Mm -hmm. a lot went there, a lot went down to Texas and some went out to factory X in Denver here. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to have to check. I'm going to have to check it out being here in Missouri. I was going to say like, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to. So, uh, last, um, question. I'm sorry. I'm trying to do one for our Twitter, uh, Twitter followers. Uh, last question. Um, somebody asked, uh, what, where did you, cause you talk about your pickling and, and we want to give a shout out to that because we know that's a big part of your business. Uh, where did you learn that from? Like, was it just something you randomly picked up and uh, what other skills do you have that like use um, maybe similar to that? Yeah. So I'm sure you guys are already going to post it, but prowlerpickles.com. If you guys want to go check out all the flavors, cuts, all that stuff. Um, I learned it when I was young. You know, I've been talking about all the different stuff we did when I was a kid. Like we had our own beef, our own chicken, our own milk, our own honey. Um, I started honeybees when I was young, so I know how to deal with them and manufacture or process the honey, um, all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff and pick them, you know, of all kinds of different fruits and vegetables. And we'd also like do the vacuum sealing. So I have a lot of like just homesteady, I guess you'd say, skills mm. that I have that are kind of like preppers, you know, preppy skills. So um, pickling was one of them. And I was making sweet pickles the, a couple weeks ago and basically just doing it for myself and my family, getting a few like half gallon jars ready to go. So everybody could have pickles through the year. And I posted it on my story just to have something interesting to post. And I had a few people that were like, Hey, would you sell a jar? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Let me, let me think about it, you know? And then I posted a little prod question was like, Hey, if I did this, who would buy some? And had like 20 responses. And so I was like, heck, let's, let's do it. Let me, let me get this started. Of course, you know, it's gone from everything. I actually have my like room for it behind me. It's gone from everything from getting like a little refrigerator to getting like shelving to put all the storage in. So trying to get it, trying to get it fairly professional. And of course, wear like the gloves and the hairnet and all that and trying to get Mm. the labels made jars in the next week or two. So a lot of big stuff coming up with it. I'm excited about it. I have one more question too. Um, when you when when you are like you said you you're um, you know very well aware um, that that uh, fighting is not a lifelong career. Uh, you kind of mentioned like a detached retina, retina, like like you know Bisping obviously has, and he found his uh, niche in uh, comedy and 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 commentating. Um, other, do you think the 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 pickling business is going to be your your forever, or is there something else that like specifically interests you? Or are you still exploring options? What do you think? Uh, what do you think is going coming down the road? Yeah, that's a good question. And the problem is, I have a lot of things that I enjoy doing and have talents of. And I tell people like, yeah, it's awesome. I have so many talents, but it's always hard to decide what to go after. Um, I'm saving up money right now and plan on doing like a whole family business. This pickling thing is hopefully going to be continual and become like an actual like factory thing. Like this is very small. I'm going to have my sister-in-law start helping with it and stuff like that. When I moved out to Missouri, which will be fairly soon. Um, aside from that, I also have my education. So I'm working for Hershey right now, full time, if you guys weren't aware of that. So I work full time for the Hershey, the chocolate company as a statistician. So I'm a big math person and I do basically the behind the scenes math. If you guys see commercials or ads on social media for any kind of Hershey products, I'm the one that does the math to see whether that's doing any good for them on the sales. And I work fully remote and it's pretty flexible. So I'll probably keep doing that for a while. It makes good enough money and doesn't take 
as much attention as most people's jobs. So I'll probably keep doing that. Keep doing the pickling. I draw on the side too. If you guys haven't seen that, that's not really a business venture. I'm never going to make enough money at that unless I want to be like some meager little, you know, housewife or something. Um, but that's a really fun thing for me to do that just kind of gives me a mental break, honestly. Like I love drawing just to be like, okay, oh, yeah. forget everything in the world. Let me just draw. Would you ever but, do tattoos? Um, excuse me. Um, probably not. Um, I've tried doing things oh. like that and I do designs for tattoos, but the tattooing itself, I don't really have any interest in. I know it sounds weird what I do for a living, but I don't really like <laughs> touching people. <laughs> and I'm just like, they can out there like at least the people i roll with are usually like professional athletes and stuff <laughs> and especially especially at my like status uh now no like that kind of stuff kind of is just weird to me all right well bear boys uh wait i do say... i do have a i do have a question oh. actually um yeah it's um if it's hypothetical question you know let's say let's say you had a fight coming up against a champ how exactly would you do you see that playing out, you know, um, and how would you prepare for mentally and physically, I guess? Like against Alexa specifically? Yeah, against, yeah, I guess the current champ. Oh, okay. Like, how do um, you see that fight playing out? Um, I see Alexa is like smaller in the division. I'm actually very impressed that she's gotten where she is, that she's a champion. She's um, smaller for her division. She has amazing control, though, like against the cage when she fought Macy. We got to see that aspect of it. You know, against Valentina, she caught her and then did a very good job with the striking and the grappling put together. I think I would try to exploit her on the grappling part, though, even though she's good at that. Um, I feel like her wrestling isn't all the way there, although the jujitsu is. So I think just all around, like mixing it up, trying to make her think I'm punching when I'm kicking, kicking when I'm taking her down, like all, all the above. It's kind of hard to say, you know, without me prepping for that specific person, but it's just a matter of mixing it all together and surprising her with what I'm going to do. Just kind of like she did with Valentina, you know, she caught her with the back take in that first fight and uh, you can always catch somebody in their mistakes. Yep. Exactly. Well, Miranda, I know you Sorry, said you I only do- had, oh. I know. I want to finish like 30 seconds to answer Max's question earlier. Um, The other thing, like the actual business we're trying to pursue, like as a family is I'm putting back money, trying to invest in commercial property fairly soon. And it's just going to be probably just a raw piece of land. Honestly, my brother does landscaping. He has an excavator and skid steer. So um, if you're there in Missouri and know people in the Springfield area or even Kansas city, my brother does all kinds of work from, uh, from like, ditch digging to putting in septic tanks to taking out trees like whatever needs done he does all kinds of taping so i plan on having him basically go in clear the whole place put in the plumbing put in electric building a building on it and it's probably going to be one of those huge like industrial sheds and uh, making it basically like a double level prepper store pretty much i know that sounds weird but kind of like the stores the big mennonite stores they have where it's yeah yeah bulk I have in there natural foods oh, no, no. like a whole yep. grocer basically in Missouri with like Mennonite goods in it and stuff all the way that's, from like furniture love the Mennonite blankets that's 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 where we I have, go yeah. my grocery shop my that's dad's hometown like where, where I go hunting we they have uh like <laughs> specific lanes next to the sidewalk they have yep. lanes for the Mennonites to travel through but uh that's- yeah no no doubt before we let you go if you have anything at all to plug other than that feel yeah. free feel free for sure yeah. So leading up to my fight, February 17th, if you guys can check out fearthemaverick.net, 
Um, I have my website with my own gear that I've designed. So all the logos and stuff on the gear is stuff I've drawn, I've designed. I have everything from shirts, hoodies, hats, autographed gloves, um, autographed pictures, um, all kinds of stuff. Hats, go check it out. Something for everybody. I just got done opening my kids' clothing line about a month to two months ago. So go check it out if you want anything for kiddos or yourself. Um, and then, of course, like the ProwlerPickles.com thing, trying to get it up and going. If you guys can share even a, a follow on Instagram or Facebook for Prowler Pickles would be awesome. Every little bit helps for small businesses. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Miranda. We appreciate you having you on. Yeah. I, as a, as a fellow Missouri native to another, you know, we, I love I love supporting my Missouri people so much. So, um <laughs> You know, we look forward to seeing you uh, in February. He hates everybody uh, else. He hates I you. hate everybody else. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Like, I'm not a statist. I'm only a patriot for Missouri. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we appreciate oh, yeah. you. We appreciate, we appreciate you. you. No, yeah, this, this has been very fun. Oh, um, no. um, sure. Sorry, Max. I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. <laughs> um, good dude. But, uh, but no, this has been very fun. It's been a pleasure. Um, you know, especially after watching you for years now, you know, it's kind of yeah. surreal sometimes speaking to UFC fighters. We're still trying to get used to it ourselves. We're still yep. trying to grow this as well, you know. And um, But no, there's no doubt about it. We'll go ahead. We'll promote you. We're going to go ahead, get some pickles as well. We were actually talking about that before you hopped on. So, <laughs> I'm about to order um, some. I'm yeah, about to order no, some. Do it. I might even be able to ship it out tomorrow before I head. Home. Let's go. Yeah. Thank you guys so, so much. Um, I was going to say, you know, we're, we're all people like the fighters. I always tell people yeah. like at airports and stuff that recognize me and they'll be like, this random Maverick. And I'm like, oh, literally look at them and be like, yes, I'm random Maverick. You can just say hi to me, you know, and they'll be like, <laughs> and I'm like I'm just a person like calm down um but I've done the same thing before with fighters and some are such assholes that it's kind of hard to feel that way you know they'll you'll yeah. walk up and ask for an autograph and they'll be like no get out of my face you know and I'm like mm -hmm. what the fuck's wrong with you like you wouldn't even be here <laughs> if it weren't for the stop it like yep no doubt yeah well we, we appreciate, appreciate it so much idea. uh you know we do this thing and uh we've had some UFC fighters on I would say you might be one of the most notable ones we've had on so far so we we, we genuinely do appreciate it for sure Well thank you if you got got somebody else that will probably say yes uh go check out Garrett Armfield he's not too high yeah. in the rankings yet there. I know Garrett <laughs> yep. oh, yeah There you go we'll have to All right no thank you guys I appreciate Thank you so you. much appreciate it appreciate, thank it. appreciate you have a good night Merry, Merry Christmas Merry Christmas thank you Every day I spend my time drinking wine, feeling fine, waiting here to find the sign that I can understand. Yes, I am. So every day I spend my time.